Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of one of your favorite podcasts, because I just know I am, Pageants and Prosecco. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm going to make this introduction very short. Obviously, you know what this episode is about. I'm speaking to Alexi May, Mrs. United States 2019. She is talking about so many things, you guys, in this episode. It's so good. Tune in, get your glasses. I went through a whole... Um, can of my little um, champagne. I made a mimosa today on my episode because it's early when I recorded this, so I got to be responsible a little bit. So there was more orange juice in there and my nutrients and my vitamin um, C, most definitely. But it's a good one, you guys. It's so interesting. Lexi is so insightful and gives us so many details just about how everything went down in regards to her infamous suspension from the organization, the United States organization her thoughts on kind of everything that happened, um, what happened and what led up to it, and just life moving forward. You know, things happen all the time with us, and she talks about everything that kind of happens and breaks it all down, lets us know we got all the tea. This is the interview I promised you guys earlier, so I hope you guys um, really enjoy it as well. She talks about getting breast implants, which is so interesting. Being an entrepreneur, she has her own business where she helps uh, high school juniors and seniors and uh, prepare for college through college prep courses for the ACT and the SAT. And she has quite a few of them who have almost got perfect scores or close to it. And just being a businesswoman and how a lot of what you guys might have seen on social media in regards to her reign is not actually what happened during her reign. She tells us how many appearances she actually made compared to how many was posted and why so many of her appearances went unnoticed on social media, thus making her look as if she was not as active as a title holder as she, you know, as they might have wanted her to be or as you may have thought. But anyway, like I said, I'm going to keep this introduction super short for you guys. Get your glasses. Tune in. This is a great interview. I'm so appreciative to Lexi for talking to me. This is her first, well, technically her second interview because we have another one with her. <laughs> but this is her only, um, the outlet, Pageants of Prosecco, that she's talking to because she feels comfortable with me and telling her story. And I feel such a responsibility, um, like Spider-Man, <laughs> to make sure I convey the message wholeheartedly. So I will um, always try to approach everything with integrity and love and compassion. And I hope you guys do as well. Just listen to the episode. Let me know what you think. Find me on the Instagram or the Facebook or on the Twitter. And thank you so much for tuning in. Get your glasses and let's get started. Hello, you guys. Thank you for joining us. Um, I am Brett from Pageants and Prosecco, and I have Miss United States Alexi Robinson here, Alexi May. Um, good morning, and how are you doing? Doing well. It's morning over there for you. <laughs> it's almost Thank afternoon you. for me. I'm so envious here in Hawaii right now. I wish I was in Hawaii. <laughs> Girl, and I had to figure out what to drink because it's so early. 
Well, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Like it's almost past the hours time here, so you're okay. <laughs> I am so jealous. I decided to go ahead and do a um, a mimosa for today. Oh, I have. Um, I normally, as you probably see on my Instagram, I'm very into rosé, but I've been having dinner parties for my friends every week, so everyone drank my rosé on Friday, so now I'm like stuck with red. But I guess first of all, problems, right? Who are you telling? So I have my makeshift mimosa here. Oh. I'm going to do, I have a can of bubbles. Bubbles? I haven't seen that. I'm going to have to invest in that. It's um, Dark Horse. You might have seen the bottle. Yeah, I have a rosé bottle. I recommend it. Total Wines. I really don't um drink out of cans, but do you know what the name of your rosé is? Um, it's just with the dark horse on it. Um, I just threw out the oh. that I cleaned up on the weekend, but yeah, it was, it, I liked it. Bubble? Punk. Was it bubble? Say again? It was by them. Oh, was it a bubbly rosé? It wasn't a bubbly, but my friend brought over another bubbly rosé and it had like a hint of honey in it. And I need to text her to ask her where she got it from because we were in love with it. So, brought it over two weekends ago, and then I had friends over the other week because I grilled some salmon. Or this past weekend, I grilled salmon and a bunch of stuff. And then we had the honey type rosé. Oh. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Let me make sure that we are live on YouTube as well. Okay. We are. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Can you okay. Me? Mm, yes. Okay. So let's just get into it. Do you want to toast? Sure. Or cheers. Yeah. <laughs> this is our first interview um, since you won last year, right? And um, period, right? I an interview on your podcast, not podcast. Oh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had an interview on your podcast. Um, and you were, you've actually been the only person I interviewed with. You reached out to me for your podcast. I thought it was so cute with the Prosecco. I unfortunately had to work that day, so I couldn't. And I knew that I talked too much because I took up all the time. <laughs> but um, I, about you. I listened to um, Lindsay reach out to me like a couple of days ago and we talked. And then um, I know I connected you two for the interview and she sounded so eloquent and powerful. And I was like, you know what? I'll do an interview, but only with you because I think you're the best. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. And I know that um, our listeners will appreciate hearing from you and um, just kind of knowing your story because, you know, what we know on social media is different than what actually happens and just your perspective. I'm glad that you um, are taking the time to talk to us. Sorry, we can get to know just kind of your side of everything. Yeah. So everything, everything. Open book today. Um, I know I'm normally a very private person. Um, I kind of i didn't shy away from interviews this year but i am a very camera shy person so <laughs> looks so good how can you be <laughs> oh looks are deceiving <laughs> bombshell bra <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness we gotta get into that because you're getting implants um yeah. soon fairly soon so let's just start with the interview that we had that i had with Lindsay that you saw um and she talked about the COVID testing so when it comes to um the whole Miss United States even trying to put on a pageant. Is it loud? It's like construction going on over here. It's not loud, is it? No, it's actually a little quiet, which is why I was like trying to adjust my volume. I didn't know if it was me, but. I'll bring this thing closer. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. 
They're trying to build a whole grocery store right here, <laughs> like literally right across the way. The Trader Joe's. I don't know what it's gonna be. It looks like it could be. Oh. It's huge though, it's huge. Um, but when it comes to the Miss United States organization having a pageant next month in Florida, just what are your thoughts about the whole um, idea of having a pageant in a pandemic? I have a lot of thoughts on it. I think it's the way it's done that ultimately determines it. Um, there are some things, some aspects I agree with, some aspects I don't agree with. Um, I always try to put myself in the position of um, if it were my child, what would I do? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, in my from my perspective, these are just my own views. I think it's acceptable to have Miss and Mrs. and anything above that do it. Okay. However, I'm not a fan of the younger kids doing it just because kids can be a little difficult to control. And, you know, sometimes it's just, it's too many variables for me. I think state pageants are wonderful because these are people coming from within their own state, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and doing their pageant, no carpetbaggers. <laughs> but, um, and so I think that that's a more controlled setting. However, I, you know, I've been to two national competitions where I've competed at before, and I know what it's like. I know that the pageant, I actually hadn't been following the pageant. I was not aware of the COVID testing or anything until Lindsay brought it to my attention. And then I started reading up on it. And then there were some things I agreed with, some things I didn't disagree, or some things I didn't agree with. Um, However, I just feel like, especially with the United States, it's too many variables. For instance, we have several divisions. So yeah. I know that all the spots for contestants weren't filled, but um, that's still a lot of girls coming from all over the country into one area. And, you know, Florida is kind of the problem child of this pandemic in general. So um, I don't agree with it being in Florida. I don't feel like we can really control the setting. Um, with the NBA, Adam Silver did an amazing job at what he did. However, our national director is not Adam Silver. Um, <laughs> and I think that I, for my personal perspective, because my boyfriend is a physician, I have been doing research throughout the whole entire pandemic in the pediatric neurology department at WashU. And we had very strict protocols to follow the whole entire time and not even able right. to leave a 30 mile radius and wash you or there are repercussions. You'll lose your job. And this is in Missouri. Other things. This is with hospital certain specifics. Okay. Okay. Um, and then it's just, you know, it's just so many other variables. People from certain states, like she was saying, have to self quarantine, have to do all these other things. And then I've been tested for COVID several times. I travel a lot. I also am about to have surgery next week and you have to get tested for COVID for that. Also, as I said, my boyfriend is a physician and he's been unfortunately exposed several times and you know, I gotta get tested because by default we spend every day together. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, COVID is a free test. It is a law that it is free. It is covered by most people's insurance. The only scenario where someone might have to pay something, for instance, I was in urgent care the last time, there was someone who used Medicaid. Even Medicaid covers COVID testing. They just right. didn't cover the office visit and that particular person had to pay $90. So I guess it's just really interesting to me how this random price of 100, I think it's 120, don't quote me on it. I just yeah. talked about the pricing when I watched the interview yesterday, um, how that came to be, especially if the rest of the country isn't really charging for COVID tests. Um, there also comes a lot of patient, doctor, sensitive, like um, privacy 
HIPAA. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel that if they are not a medical provider that you should have to provide information. I don't know all the facts of that. I just recently like read up on it. I've been a little busy the last couple of days. But mm -hmm. from my understanding, because you know I've been trying to get into med school, everyone that's surrounding me is physicians. And um, I've never heard of having to divulge medical information to a pageant official. And so yeah. that's something I disagree with. Um, I guess I'm also wondering who's doing the testing. You know, I've worked in pathology lab before a lot. And so I'm curious, is it Quest? Is it LabCorp? Is it, I just want to know the conditions. I want to know what is the exact name of the test? How is um, this test being administered? Is it an ELISA test? Um, is it a test where you can't expect to get your results back in two weeks? I think people need specifics, especially when there's a dollar attached to it. For me, sorry if I'm talking too much. Oh, you're good. I'm listening. <laughs> you know, I've been the my current financial situation is different than it was like four years ago when I did the Miss Earth USA pageant. And then I remember showing up in that pageant with no money in my pocket. I paid my last little bit of my entry fee. I had I was just like, okay, I'm gonna survive off the meals I got here. And <laughs> I get paid on Friday. So let's hope this direct deposit can be no problem. And so for me, if I was a contestant, I would be ticked off. If my pageant just changed two weeks before, I don't I know I, I don't even have money now. I've been investing all this into this. I don't have like I mean I have the money now, but I'm just saying if I was a contestant four years ago, right, like, right. you expect me to change my flight ticket, you expect me to change my accommodations to people who have booked flights. I don't know if these people got insurance. I don't know that. And now I, they have to pay this for a ticket price in addition to texting. Can I go to urgent care around the corner, which I know is valid and I know will give daily results? Um, it's just yeah. so many variables. So I disagree with all those things. Um, but that's <laughs> I could go on and on and on, but um and it's just the whole testing is just one piece of kind of what we've seen consistently from the United States organization as far as just like faux pas decisions and just like little mishaps. That's like this is just one of many things because they have they're having a pageant for one in the pandemic. They had it in um, Nevada in Vegas and then they had to move it to Florida. Do you know? I know the logistics because they can't physically have it in Vegas, but do you know um, why the organization is choosing, like, are you in contact with the directors, like why they're choosing I to go along with this? Listen, um, which will, I know what will hit on my suspension, but I chose to not have contact. Um, if there's somebody I don't agree with, then I just choose to live my life happy, positive, continue doing what I was doing. Um, the issues that I chose to share from my platform were, was not something that I chose to look good for my year. I've been involved in these since I was a freshman in college, um, and it's yes. something I feel passionate about. Um, so I just, which we'll get to that in a minute, but I just, I chose to do that. So I haven't had contact with anyone. Lindsay is someone that I have contact with. I am thick as thieves with my state directors and everyone that is my team, Lucci sisters. When I look back on my years, Miss United States, that is the thing I'm most grateful for. Um, the team that I got, I treat her as though she is my little sister. Every single one of those girls were amazing. My directors were still the best of friends. Um, and then I had another friend that I competed with at Earth before. He's on my Earth. They're so fabulous. Um, Sam. <laughs> so that's like that's all I keep in contact with. Um, and Lindsay. But um, actually, a few other a state director from Georgia, and then the choreographer um, campaign. But um, I just. I haven't, I like tried to read up on it and then as I was seeing it and then like I know that they've had private videos presented to them, which in my opinion, I have a whole 
um, perspective on and opinions on that as well. But um, I know, I think one other thing that I saw was like, you might forfeit your, your entry fee, which I don't agree with. I think yeah. all contestants should have been, because I think the way Laura Clark, which she's in my opinion, my favorite director ever. Um, Miss Earth USA director. Yes. I think that she handled that situation amazing. I loved all the girls in their virtual pageant for the Miss Division. And I loved how she gave every girl the choice to come back the next year to keep their title. You don't have to pay anything extra. It can just roll over. And I think all the girl sisters should have had that opportunity or at yeah. least a reduction in the prices. Because if I'm paying $2,700, and that's just the bare minimum, the patch is probably going to come out and be like 5000 when you tack on dress, coaching, everything. That's if you're yeah. doing it the cheapest way possible like me. Um, but, and I don't even think I spent 5000 I was very like, if it's not in my closet, it's not getting worn. Um, <laughs> we got medical school applications to pay for. We got to well, who you telling? 1500 a credit hour to go to Wash U. I got priorities. Ooh. I can't be over here like this. We can resale or we can get donated. But <laughs> um, but like I guess I just feel like I just if I'm paying twenty seven hundred dollars, I want a twenty seven hundred dollar experience. And for me as a contestant, these are my own personal views with how I felt. I felt like the money that I paid as my entry fee, I don't know where like I didn't feel like what I got out of it added up to what I paid for it. And then throughout my reign, I was really also curious. Oh, what did we get? Oh, okay. I got a crown and sash, guys. So, are you saying you didn't get your full price package? Um, I would say what we got. Um, the next day after I won, I got to meet with this lady, Indigo Colors, and she did some coloring. She did some color swatches on me and told me what colors looked good for me. Um, I got that. She sent us two lipsticks in the mail and a lip liner. And then um, Henry sent us a $1,000 gift card. And oh, that was nice. They sent it. In, yes, it was nice. I love Henry's. They sent it in January. Because I got it one week before I left for a photo shoot to go with Gaspar Cruz. Um, and I used, I used it on a dress that I used for that. And I bought a new pair of shoes. Um, so that was it. As far as travel expenses go, I once got a $50 check from them to cover my gas when I, we drove to Nashville for a photo shoot together. And that was the only group event mm -hmm. that I was invited to. So we know that over the summer, um, in June and July, that you were um, suspended. Your title was suspended after um, a social media comment. Is that what led to that suspension? Yes. So what is your, what, where are you at now? As far as what is the logistics of the suspension? We're going to go into what happened, but. Just okay. what what well, are the logistics of your suspension? Like, did, what are you, what? So you are you can't use the title, but you so can't is, make appearances. This is basically what happened um, because I um, I'm not sure who decided to write the press release for that. I don't think that it exactly one painted me in a good light. 
especially given the circumstances. And also, too, I don't feel like it was an accurate representation of what had happened. Um, for instance, it makes it seem like I got my crown taken away. And if you look right here, it's clearly here. It's still there. So it's the sash. And I was not dethroned. I was suspended. There is apparently a difference. Granted, I'm the first in pageant history for this to happen to. So <laughs> I really thought it'd be for something more serious. But like, we have had a few pageant girls who did blow for breakfast, who have posed nude, who have used racial slurs on Instagram, who have yeah. used racial slurs at this Instagram or Miss Universe. Well, it wasn't a racial slur, but an inappropriate comment. And those got pushed, up, pushed under the rug. But, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. It's how you come back from a mistake. So, but, and I did make a mistake. And I apologize to the girl. But the issue of my suspension, um, basically what it was, you know, at the time I had a meeting with the national director and another lady. Um, and a lady associated with the system? She's no longer there, but. Was it someone in authority? Is it someone? Is it someone in authority at the system who it was with? She's no longer there. Okay. But yeah, at that time, I guess she had some type of authority. Um, but so I mean, she didn't speak there; she just lurked. But um, during the time of my suspension, my national director he opened up the conversation saying. I have a pre-written script for me that I am going to use to guide us through this meeting. So mm. at that point, I felt like it didn't matter what I had to say. The decision was already made. He has a pre-written script and he literally read from the page the whole entire time. When we got off topic, mm. it's like he couldn't think about what I was trying to say. He went back to his script and then he was like, so Alexia, I got, I got something that I think you're going to like, and we're going to like it too. Because we understand that you're really into academics, and you've done a great job this year, so we're going to offer you, we're not going to take away your crown, but we're going to offer you a suspension. And what that means is, we're just going to retire your crown and sash early. You're still Miss United States. We will not crown your successor. You will still be our Miss United States. However, we cannot let you be active. You cannot actively volunteer with your common sash on for the duration of until the national competition. And you cannot have a picture with your crown and sash on a social media. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I was thinking like, I, um, which we can get into this later, I really mentally checked out in like January. Um, it's been a series of situations that I did not like with this organization. Um, and I have, I have never spoken about them publicly. I, it has always been in private, just as my fellow sister Queen Lindsay did. She sent text messages. She brought it up in the Zoom meetings we would have for issues. I was not around for those issues. She had just described to me how she sent text messages, brought them up in Zoom meetings, wrote a letter, and then did an open letter when it wasn't getting responded. And so I was in the same boat. Um, it was a plethora of issues that I just was really annoyed by since day one. And I just, I spoke my mind to them. Um, and then I felt like it wasn't really receptive, I guess. But um, so he said that to me and then I was just like, you know what, I'm just happy to be done. So I was, um, I wasn't upset immediately after it happened um, because I had apologized to Brittany 
for what had happened. Um, when she told me that the comment offended her, it was on my friend Gaspar Cruz's page. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking about her. I was really careless and thought, thoughtless that I made the comment. It was my friend Gaspar Cruz that posted a picture of a dress he made. And then one month later, another designer, Fernando Wong, had tried to copy the dress and it looked like a Happy Meal toy. Um, so, Yes. I just was, everyone was trying to make Gasper feel good about himself because, you know, you put thousands of dollars into making gowns and everything and you want it. It's your creativity. It's your original idea. It's It sucks to get a knockoff. That's like, you know, I run my own business. If I've spent sitting here, spending 10 hours on a problem set and new material for students and some Kaplan or someone else tries to take it from me, I'm going to be pissed. Um, sorry, language. <laughs> you good, you good. But, um, so I was not thinking about her. I was not thinking in general. I had made the comment. I said, um, you're, I, I actually forgot what I said. I know that it was a, along the lines of um, the gown is like horrendous. Uh, I think you said on stage. Huh? I think you said it looked horrendous on stage. Well, so I was thinking about the, in my mind, I was looking at the two gowns Gasper had posted and I said, yours are way better. Um, his, oh, I remember his gowns might look um okay um from a distance but they're atrocious up close my first runner up had something that is a yeah. PHY thing to say and i know that and i feel bad about it um after it happened she reached out to me in dms i apologize and then the next day you know i was really tired from work that day um i said a very quick and rushed response i know um and i know i'm a very direct and stern person when i talk um i'm just direct to the point and then I like went to sleep and then I woke up the next day and a blogger who I do not like, I think he is a sad excuse of a man and needs to get a life, decides to make a bigger situation out of something than it needs to be. Um, and so then that happened. And then I gave her another apology after I had sat and really thought through it. And then we had a Zoom call with the organization. It was me, her and Cindy Christie, and we both had to clear the air. And I, she got another apology then. I had drafted a very long, well-written, well-thought-out apology to her that I was planning to make public. However, the organization at that time, which I know a lot of social media was bashing me um, because they felt like I didn't show remorse because I didn't say anything, I was not allowed to say anything. I had to send them what my apology was and they told me I could not post it. So nothing got posted. Instead, they wanted to post a suspension letter that sounded like they took away my crown. Right. What is your, so their written apology would have been the fourth time she would have been apologized yeah. to. I know, which I am not trying to bring up Brittany at all, but um, I've been told from certain people that when I talk, my voice sounds harsh um, and that it can be taken as being insincere, but this is like how I'm talking to you is my normal voice. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to change my voice. I'm sorry if it feels that way. Um, no, you get, I'm you also get. sorry if, like, I mean, I heard during my last meeting, um, which was really hilarious, especially um, one of those things I feel like, from my personal perspective, um, I do not think the missing, I know a lot of people were saying, like, I didn't, re I stopped reading the comments after day one because people were a little vicious. And I'm like, I'm saying more vicious things than I said. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the people that were sliding in my DMs, I got called the N-word. I got told I'm a horrible human being and I should go kill myself. And then it was very bad. And so just like 
and then I was like really sad. My boyfriend was really there for me and that was great. But, um, and then just other friends and a few people I wasn't expecting to reach out to me. And then there are some people who didn't reach out to me. I see you, those fake friends. But <laughs> those fake friends yeah. still had a pageant coming up who didn't oh. associate with me, who didn't win their pageant. But child of tea. <laughs> So what is your what did your written statement kind of say? Are you able to tell us a little bit more about what it said? Um yeah, I, that you were sorry. Uh, it might still be in my email history. Let me see. I'm not sure. I wasn't let's see. Okay. And then while you're looking for that, I just want to I'm trying to get comfortable in this chair. I need a new chair, child. Um, so when everything happened over the summer, this is just for the people who are watching, because I am a reporter, you know what I'm saying? I like to think that I have a little bit of a little bit of journalist integrity still. So I did, um, for people who are interested, the person who is um, just mentioned, I reached out to her to um, get a statement or just an opinion on what happened. At the time, she said that she, she I don't think she really cared too much about it, but um, I don't know if I can find what she said, but it wasn't anything that I asked her to do um, publicly, but. I do remember her saying that she didn't want to um, harp on it too much longer because I don't think she I thought think it was. We both didn't. I think it was. Uh, sorry for cutting you off. I feel oh, like, fine. Fine. like I said, when I made the comment, I think Brittany is fucking fantastic. I think she's smart. I think she's been working hard her whole entire pageant year to get there. I think it was, you know, and when she came to me, I was it was a long day. And then, you know, I wasn't thinking anything else when I made the comment. I wasn't associating her dress with her. Um, yeah. she, she obviously had to do something right to be standing next to me. And I think it wasn't an us situation, I think, because I think we could have really resolved it on our own. I think it was right. the outside people that got in and the outside people that had opinions. I know when that sad excuse of a man, and yes, I'll say it to him to his face, because this man has been following me all year long. He's seen all the good that I've done in the world, and yet he chooses just like he chooses with every other single pageant girl out here, and he has not done a pageant himself to try to tear down women and to try to only find the negativity in women. I'm sorry, I'm looking at your eyes. <laughs> but it's just something I feel passionate about. He has never stood on stage. He has never been backstage. He will never stand on a pageant stage. And yet he feels the need who does not know me. I don't know if he just had so much extra time in his life to try to just create drama, which he did, and he got a rise out of it. Kudos to you hope you feel good about yourself but um, like that's all he does he never posts anything positive did you post when i went to london to go help kids with down syndrome did you post all the mobile clinics no you did not you choose to try to paint me in the light that you want to see me in did you say congratulations when i won no so you can't trip off of haters one thing that i have learned and this has been throughout my whole entire reign there are certain people who just do not like you there are yeah. certain people who will not agree with what you have to say, but and no matter, and one thing I went into this year with myself was like, I was like, don't let it change you, you change it. Um, you know, I was, I've never been a camera person. I didn't do interviews. I did not do a million photo shoots. I was like, if it's free, I'll do it. Um, if it's not, <laughs> I'm not money on it. Um, I would rather spend money on the travel expenses, which we'll get into that because it's not covered by the organization. You got to pay your own travel expenses and plan your Ooh. own events and be your own secretary and be your own planner. It's a lot. As so, a national title holder? Team here. <laughs> Sorry for my language. But, you're good. You're good. But, um, 
so the wine is kicking in. So like certain people want to criticize all year just about random things and stuff. And then also I just was like, you know what? I can't please everybody. At the end of the day, I have to come home. I have to look at Alexia. And if I'm proud of Alexia, then that's all that matters. Nobody is paying my bills. Nobody is living my life. And everybody's just salty that they didn't win or that they didn't compete. So <laughs> the same people that are like hating on me, like at least give me kudos for doing this. If you really knew, because I think from an outside perspective, I'm not sure if you know, like from your perspective, do you think that when you're a national title holder, everything is tossed to you and you get like, you get a yeah. good ride? Do you think you get at least some type of things covered? Yeah. Yeah. I think you have the whole, I think travel expenses should be covered. I think helping with bookations for your appearances should be part of the deal. I think that you should get your full prize package. Um, but I do think that you should have a person, like a manager, to help you throughout the year coordinate things. I had all of that. <laughs> Did you have anyone like a, a contact besides the director? Did you have anyone? Oh, in your let me tell you what happened. I won the minute after I won. I had a flight that was supposed to leave out of town at 5 a.m. because you know I brought my flight to there and to back. Um, and then since I won, I wasn't expecting to win. I was like, I think I can pull a solid first runner up. And then during the competition, because I, which we can always like talk about it some more. Um, I did not think I was even going to place just with certain things that were surrounding me at the competition. So I was like, you know what? I remember praying to God and I was like, God, you know what? I am just like, this is the last pageant. I had to be done with this. Like, I can't balance this and other things in my life. Like, and so I wasn't expecting to win and I didn't do a lot of the things that the other girls did. And I knew I was different and I looked different and I was a little chubbier at that pageant because I ate a lot. It was my eating <laughs> stuff. So, <laughs> Like, I didn't, it was very low effort. The least, the time that I did the least amount of effort, I got like the highest reward. So let that sink in, people. Um, That's usually how it goes, too. Huh? That's well, usually how it goes. I just, um, I, forgot, I forgot the question. <laughs> did you have support? Did you have a person that was, oh, that was no. there? A key so person. After support. I won, what immediately happened, I did my photo shoot, and then um, it was the issue with my flight because in my mind, I wanted to make my flight. I paid for that flight. Um, and then I figured if I did not, I was, if I was not able to make my fight, I thought that, that should have been covered from the national director or, mm -hmm. the, you know, the team, because I remember being at earth and it was a thing in the, when you sign up for earth, one thing that's something is like, you get your airfare back the next day. Sorry to compare everything to earth, but that's the only other comparison I have um, right. to a right. lot of situations. Um, and so Laura Clark pays for people's flights the next day, because there's a whole array of things you have to do after you went. Um, that did not happen. What happened was, um, I, I don't know the full specifics of it, but what I got out of the conversation was someone had told my state director said it was their responsibility to pay for me to get back home. So my state directors at the last minute put together about $800 and they paid for my flight to get back home last minute from Vegas from, to Missouri. Yes. Okay. And, you know, I came back with my flowers. We didn't get a crown case. I just had to carry this big thing on the airport and hope it didn't break. So, um, and that was, which is also like awkward because you know, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Like I'm tired. I just want to go yeah. home. So that was kind of my thing there. But um, so that happened. And then that was my interaction with them. The photos, the lady with the colors the next day. Um, and then we could pretty much peace out from there. About a month later, they um, they met with us and 
they went through the contract. Um, you know, the parts about the rules and expectations is really less than half of a page. I think it's very vague. If I could make an amendment, I would amend to make it more detailed. Um, and less between the lines because I think it leaves too much open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. The national team, and they can just spill between the lines, which is kind of what happened with me with my situation, I feel like. Um, but... I didn't have any contact with them until May. We had one event in Nashville, but, um, and it was something that really bothered me because, you know, I've never won a pageant before. I started pageants very late in college and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I also felt like at the time, because it's one thing to want to win and then it's another when you actually win expectations and reality are two entirely different things when you win the title, I feel like. Because I was thinking, oh, I see Andromeda, the girl before me, she's going to all these places. She always looks so pretty. I, oh, that's going to, if I win, that'll be me. Andromeda worked for that. Every title holder before me has worked for whatever they got. And I felt it when I was in my shoes because, well, I felt like 10 different things going on at once. So the first thing I felt was one, I don't want to be known as a title holder that sits on her ass all year. I want to do stuff. I want to leave a, make a difference with my platform. I think what makes me so unique is I'm the only one that has a biochemistry degree. I'm going to be going to med school. I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. I want to show them that. Every girl before me has waved in a parade. I am not the waving in a parade type. I am also not the Photoshop type. I am also not the this type. So let's show them a different eye. So. If you yeah. look at my pictures, you'll see I did not go overly made up. I was very normal in my dress. Um, I had my same sponsors that I've been working with for like a couple of years now. And I wanted to keep it real because I feel like there's there's so much fakeness out there that there needs to be someone that's real. I wanted to be real, relatable. And like I said, the issues that I ran on, my platform was to raise awareness about issues facing underserved communities and right. a lot of the disparities, you know, underserved rural and urban urban primarily has to deal with a lot of um, minorities. And I feel like a lot of the issues I was highlighting throughout my reign are a lot of the Black Lives Matters issues. And I felt like I could have been an advantage when I was silenced by the organization to actually speak up and to keep broadcasting these issues. And so one thing that bothered me because I figured, let me give you a rundown of a typical week for me. So I was still doing research. Okay. I quit my job in September because I had the last couple of years previously, the first year I was working for a prep company, along with still doing research full time because I paid for all $50,000 in cash. I dropped them cash deposits at WashU, girl. Girl, <laughs> I love it. Love to see it. You drop 10 G's at a school a month like, and still pay oh. your own bills. Like, So I was, because I took more credit hours than the normal person. I was averaging 20 credit hours a semester and a 4.0 student. And so I was working for a prep company. I didn't sleep. I was only averaging like two hours. And so all my students were getting perfect scores or close to perfect on the ACT and the SAT. So then a year later, I was like, because I started developing my own materials, which is why they started succeeding and stuff. And I had my own problem sets and everything. And then I was like, you know what? Prep companies take 60% of what you make. Like I was still making 100 an hour, but they're like charging a client. 210 or something so yeah. i was like i think i could create my own and do better so then i got the courage i quit and then i'm blossoming i'm like 16 hour work days life's great um through a pandemic because 
I just so happened to quit my job about six months before, and I went into online learning and developed my own online learning curriculum. Mm-hmm. The whole world went to online learning. So it really, <laughs> Corona was like my best friend. And oh, I, yeah. I do partially feel guilty saying that when I know so many people are kind of struggling through it. But, um, but I was working on stuff. Like I would be like, okay, so I'm going to go into lab because the deal that I had with my boss was I wanted to quit, but he was like, you got to be part-time until I find someone to fill your position. So I'm doing research. I'm cutting brains. I'm designing experiments. I'm presenting at conferences, doing all this. And then I would get home maybe five, six, seven, and I would have clients until about 1am the next day because I, um, I, uh, I tutor people in different time zones as well. And then I have students in Canada and I have some students in Qatar right now. And so that would be my rundown. Wednesdays would be my free day. Meaning <laughs> I would start with clients at like two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon until midnight. So I would use that morning to try to set up things for the weekend and the next week. Um, like I said, after we had that first initial meeting with the national team and they dropped off the stationery for us, basically I got a few Word documents that said Miss United States in the corner and then they let me be till May when they started talking to me again. But um, This past May? Huh? This past May? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so then it was like me just kind of figuring out things on my own and stuff. Um, I had... I had to find my own sponsors for wardrobe because like when you go to an appearance, obviously people are going to be looking at what you wear. So you put it and so I would, um, I would ask myself, okay, where do I want to go? Cause I also had this long travel list. Um, and so I tried to revolve my platform around where I wanted to travel to and stuff. And so I would pick a state and then I would think about what I wanted to do for my platform that month. And then I would go to, um, I would look up, I would like Google, like maybe something like underserved communities or homeless teens, Down syndrome, things related to that matter. And then I would be like, okay, or I love football. So I'd be like, what's Nick Saban involved in this week? And so then I would reach out to, I would send an email to those people and then they would email me back with details. Like we would be delighted for you to come and volunteer. And so it's like, okay, they're delighted, I can go. And then one thing I would also try to do would be, I would try to put like five things on a weekend so that I could really maximize my time in that town. And so now that I'm like, okay, I got to volunteer. I got to pay for this. (laughs) So then when you travel, you obviously have hair and makeup, the crown, which I still don't have a crown case. I haven't found one to fit in and I wasn't given one. We need to get you a crown case. I was just carrying it like, (laughs) An Ulta bag or something. Like, <laughs> you see, Girl. well, my thoughts was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to buy for a special case. I'm a very economically savvy person. So, so then I would have to do, so now that they've called me, I'd be like, okay, so I need to, what I would do, because I would still work while I was away volunteering. I, um, and luckily, since I invented my curriculums, I can speak on them because I have them memorized. I invented it. So I would be, um, it was cheaper to drive to a lot of places. At this time, I also applied to medical school and I had to wrap up summer tuition. My summer tuition came out to be like 12,000, I would wash you. And then um, I applied to med school, which was another 8,000 in interviews. And just, it was, it was a lot of expenses at once, which is why right. I was trying to invest a lot in the competition last year. And so um, it was like, money wasn't tight for me, but I was trying to be like, 
I've been making a lot of money, but I've been trying to save it for my med school tuition so I don't have debt. Um, and so what I would do would be I would do a lot of Airbnbs and then I would drive to wherever I had to be. Um, I spent, I went to Texas once a month and I went to a different state um, on the opposing weeks. So what I would do would be Wednesday, I would set all that up and then I would go to Camila Bay and then I would get my clothes if it was something a little fancier that I needed a little cocktail dress for and they let me borrow it and bring it back. And then I also um, would reach out to a couple of blow dry bars. The ones that have treated me with just like I am royalty personally is Blow Homewood in Alabama, Birmingham. They're the only blow dry bar. You got to go to them as well as um, the... Um, Posh in Kansas City, and then Christina White Salon here in St. Louis. Okay. So I just, I went to all those, and then they always would, like, do me up really well. And then I'd go to work the next day on Thursday. I probably wouldn't get off work till, like, 7, you know, whenever the doctor wants to come talk to you, you got to answer a million questions and do a bunch of stuff. And so then that night I would, I would have my car packed before I went to work, and then I would drive 8 to 10 hours. Thursday night, get to my next place that I have to be Friday morning at like 2 a.m. I take a quick little power nap and then I wake up at 5, have to be at the blow dry bar or something for hair and makeup. I always, even though like they would like offer to give it to me for free, I tip the girls half of what my normal blowout would be. So my normal blowout might be like $80, $100. So I would tip them 50 so that they at least got something even though it was on the house. Um, Because like it's a lot of hair over here you got to deal with. A lot of (laughs) girl. All this is on your own. So you have no support no. at all from the no. national organization. No. This is no. just you doing your appearances. Me trying to figure it out. So then what I would do would be, okay, so I'm at my place. So then I'm smiling. I'm happy. I'm volunteering. I'm dead fucking tired. I'm sorry, language. <laughs> on the inside. You are good, girl. You are good. This is our on own little platform. I'm so like this. tired and perspective of this might be somebody's one thing I kept in the back of my head is this might be somebody's one time meeting Miss United States and I don't want them walking away thinking she's a bitch. I want them to think like she's pleasant, she's lovely, even though on the end time like I'm so tired. I just want to nap and eat chicken wings. (laughs) But I was like I just I just powered through. I smiled. And then um, when I would be them there, I would see a couple of clients because I figured if I take enough clients to break even for the weekend, I would still be saving enough for med school and other things. So then I'd still be leaving, volunteering and working probably till midnight. And then the next day I would wake up super early, volunteer and by five I'd be done. And then I would meet up with friends if I had in the town or try to at least explore the town a little bit Mm -hmm. until about like, I. I just partied all night <laughs> or like trying to enjoy the town <laughs> because it's like, I work so hard. I need to enjoy myself. You need to. Yes. Yes. This place. And then I would leave town. I would set an alarm, pack up before I went to bed. Um, but not really pack up. Normally what really happened was me tossing stuff into a suitcase the next day. <laughs> and, then, and then I would wake up at 3 a.m. and then drive back home eight hours and make it to lab Monday morning for lab meeting to present. And then still see a bunch of clients. Oh, no, also on Sunday, I would see clients because I would try to get back to town at like 10 a.m. And I would see clients from 10 a.m. until midnight. So that was kind of my schedule. And then one thing that hurt me, because I can understand, well, actually, I really can't understand not getting financially benefited for any travels or even like a, how you doing? You still breathing? You still alive? type of situation, mm-hmm. 
But um, it really bothered me that I felt like I wasn't getting acknowledgement from the national team. For instance, we have our separate pages and then they have a national page. And only about, for some odd reason, only like two things really appeared on their page of me volunteering. So I started taking it personal because I feel like I'm spending all this money to travel across the country. And I even went to other countries, Italy, London, Paris. Well, those aren't countries. Italy, England, cities. <laughs> on your own dime. During on your own dime. And so I'm like, well, the least you could do is post a photo. You could say, good job, Miss United States. I remember one day and I was livid and this was a situation that I brought up in a Zoom meeting. I was so upset that I had traveled all the way to, you know, for instance, a couple of things I did during my year. I worked with several mobile clinics and these mobile clinics give free healthcare screenings and free healthcare services to a lot of underserved communities. They drive to them because, you know, a lot of people who have Medicaid, most often you can't afford a car. And, yeah. you know, people don't understand, even a bus ticket might be expensive, especially if you got three kids, a dollar yeah. purchase. And, you know, the ER copay for somebody with Medicaid is $3. I have worked in the ER. I've seen people who cannot afford that. And so naturally these people can't afford transportation. So I got to be in the clinics, actually going to these places, actually seeing what is life like at their actual homes. Worked with Covenant House, not just the St. Louis location, but New York and a few others. And that's a homeless shelter for underserved teens. Mm. And then I also was with Kids Vision for Life. I shadowed the chief orthopedic surgeon to the White House when I was in DC. And I was with Dr. Robin West, who's my dream doctor. She's the only lead orthopedic surgeon of in the NFL that's a woman. She's the first and only. So I have the potential to be number two. And oh, wow. she's over the Redskins. I, um, I did Smile Train in New York, which funds surgeries for children with cleft palates and cleft lips. I went to London and I volunteered for a week at the Lejeune Clinic which is a clinic who was invented by Dr. Lejeune, who discovered Down syndrome. And it's very respected. Um, Kate Middleton personally finances a lot of the things that goes with it, and she passed a lot of bills to help get this clinic funding. None of that was documented on the national page. So I felt like it was a slap in the face to me if I'm spending all this money and they can't even acknowledge or post a picture. But one day she posted a pie. The head of social media posted a pie on the day I was volunteering and I was livid. I know it seems petty and small. You posted a what? A pie. It was a picture of someone with a pie. Oh, a pie, a pie, okay. And I was just upset. I know it seems petty and small, but to me, I just spent like probably a thousand or two thousand, because I averaged about like maybe 2,000 a month in travel expenses. And you're posting a pie. I'm in Alabama and I'm at the Adulam house. It is a boarding school for children whose parents are incarcerated in the south nick saban helps fund it and i'm doing this i drove 10 hours to the state of middle of nowhere alabama past 10 confederate flags and you post a pie today i was ticked off that day and i brought it up in a meeting and i was kind of i was told that it was kind of my fault why i didn't get posted because i should have directly if i was adamant about being posted i should have emailed them and i should have sent um the words that i wanted to be posted if it's something that i felt should have been posted just like all my other services however i feel like if i'm paying for this 
I pay yeah. my dues to compete at nationals. I have to schedule all this. Can you at least just post a picture? So do you think it sounds like a lot of the problems were communication breakdown? Is that I think it's communication? Um, and I felt like some other communication issues had happened. It was me and a few other contestants who were a little um, upset that when all the I know the coronavirus situation happened, but before the coronavirus, um, the director at the time who's no longer there, from what I feared, um, she had a bunch of pageants and none of us were invited to them. We weren't told about the dates. We had to find out from doing random Google searches. And it was really upsetting to me because I would have loved to have crowned the, granted these pageants didn't happen, so now we're in a different dynamic. But at the time, before even the pandemic was a pandemic, um, we were not asked if we had conflicts. None of us were talked to. We all kept trying to reach out and there was no communication back to us. And so mm -hmm. I was hurt. That's understandable. So we do know that, like, well, I know, well, I don't know how much the viewers know that the United States system had a change of management fairly recently, like in the last two, three years. Fun fact. I have a fun fact. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was supposed to be Miss Missouri in 2016, and then I resigned and I went to the Earth system. Ooh, and then you came back later, two, two years later? It was a lot of teeth pulling, but I came back. Lauren Ziegler convinced me, but I was, um, in 2016, I was Miss Missouri, but I didn't agree with management at that time. So it was enough that I didn't agree with that I resigned. And now that person made a new system, if it's the same managers, right? They have a new system. And then who's in charge? How do you think that the organization is now? Because I've heard that it was tumultuous. A few years ago, or, you know, I think before Andromeda was crowned, that it was just stuff happening. I heard um, that the national pageant was rough. I can't um, speak for everybody. I can only speak for my personal experiences. Um, the reason why I resigned when, in 2016 was because I didn't, the fees were insane. Um, I had to pay, I forgot the exact number. So if I mess up a number, please do not quote me on it. But I know it was over a thousand for just my at-large title. And then it was like a $900 wardrobe fee, another shoe fee. And then it was all these fees that came out to be over $3,000 and hotel and food wasn't included or airfare or nothing. So, and then I looked at the national pageant and there was nothing. That was, um, I'm lady named Steffi Barton's first year. Um, so then I was really hesitant to come back but i really wanted to do a practice pageant for usa so this was supposed to be it I mm. but i'm grateful i won are you um, are you gonna retire now like are you officially done i was done in january <laughs> <laughs> no i'm done um i'm done i'm done um so what would you say is the state of the situation of the organization today would you say that like well, recommend it one except Lindsay since may i know that throughout my reign i had several issues i i know it might seem small the communication issue that i was discussing but to me it felt like a big deal because um a lot of things happened throughout my year you know interviewing for med school my dad died um mm, i don't speak about it on social media i don't speak about anything because my personal life is my personal life pageantry instagram yeah i just post pies and 
and cookies and stuff I bake all day. And I post my service like that. You and these pies. Don't tell anybody anything about my life because it's nobody's business but my own. Um, and so I try to keep them separately. And so um, I guess I felt like I didn't have, I didn't have support throughout the year. I felt like I won and I was kind of discarded to the side. That's just how I felt. I felt um, I'm breaking my back every day. I'm getting judgment from people online who's either judging me off my appearance that I'm not wearing enough makeup or judging me saying, you know, I am biracial. So I hear how I'm not black enough. Um, so it's like, I was really in like a, I'd say probably like October through January, I was probably really depressed because I just felt like there were just so many people coming at me for so many reasons. And during that time, that was when my dad died. That was the peak of med school interview season. And that was when I feel like I started arguing with the national team about a lot of issues. Um, I don't like the fees that are associated with contestants because I always put myself in the shoe of, damn, this is expensive. I don't want to pay this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, you know, so those are just issues that I spoke up passionately about in private. And then just a lot of the criticisms that I feel like I faced on social media, I didn't address them online. I didn't say anything. Just like after this situation happened, I was going to do my apology, but I didn't get the opportunity to. And so I didn't say anything. And then I said it to them, and then it just kept getting pushed under the rug. And then, um, it was an issue with the at-large state director who was hosting pageants and not telling us and then just other issues. And then naturally the incoming class of girls, they always want to DM me and ask me questions about should they compete or they're having interactions with certain staff members and this is what's happening or certain directors are, um, from what I heard, that was told to me, not by, it was told to me by contest, potential new contestants like, oh, they took my money and I didn't hear back from them. So, and it's just like a lot of stuff. And so then what I do is I collect all this and I bring it to them in the Zoom meetings and I brought it to them in one meeting and um, there was excuses. As to, I felt like I got excuses. I didn't get solutions. I don't care about what happened. I just care about what the hell is the solution to the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just kind of where I was at. And it was, I'm ready to retire. I might come back as a missus. We shall. Ooh. Not that rain? States, but a Mrs. America, probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know Maybe, um, I, I always dreamed of becoming Miss United States. And I dreamed of like, you know, that moment I used to have pictures of Summer Priester in my vision board and I would like cut off her head and put mine on there. Miss United States 2015. Yeah. I just always thought Summer was so flawless. And Elizabeth Seyfried is like in my eyes the definition. Class. That's Miss United States slash Miss yes. the World. The only one that Miss World. I saw her on TV and I was like, I have to go to Miss World. I'm so passionate about this. But um, I just, like, they produced good girls. Like, it was always something that I looked up to that I wanted to do. Everyone that I have loved in pageantry, from Laura Clark to my first pageant coach, Lisa Forbes, to my first big Lauren Ziegler, who went on to become Mrs. United States, to everyone at my team, Lucci sisters, like those were people that I just, I admire. I look up to all those women. Those women have really shaped me into who I am today. Yeah. And so I wanted to be a part of the system. However, when I won, expectations did not meet reality. Exactly. And, um, That's tough. 
I think that the system has a lot of potential. I think what they need to do is to really listen to the women. Because at the end of the day, we are the ones paying the entry fees, we are the ones doing the work, and we are the ones making the organization. And we deserve to be listened to. Um, I'm very proud of my sister, Queen Lindsay, who spoke up. Um, and I'm very proud of all the hard work she put in, as well as everyone else this year. And so for it to get to a point where it has to go to an open letter in other situations, um, I know myself personally that had spoken up throughout the whole entire year of my reign. And it just to not get acknowledged, I feel like is unacceptable. Yeah. I'm sorry, but why don't you go ahead and take a sip? Let's go ahead and take a sip. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not really good emotional. I didn't even realize I still cared. But <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's emotional. Like, it's an investment, it's an emotional investment, it's financial investment. And it's like you, it's like a voluntary, voluntary thing. Yeah. Like you chose to do this. You chose to compete. You chose to pay. You could have, you could have stayed in school and just been kicking it. So the fact that you, you know, took the chance to even enter into this whole field industry of ours and to compete and then to win. And then to be like, you, you don't know what it took to get here, you know, to even get on the stage. And now that you won, you're like, this is not how I looked on social media with all the other title holders. And it's just, I, I understand the frustration. And I know like losing losing a parent is tough because me, I'm a daddy's girl child. I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. Um, I do want to tell people, oh, I want you to know that during your story, I am empty, okay? It's okay <laughs> if I get some more. I didn't know if it was acceptable or not. Oh yeah, go ahead, girl, go ahead. I will get more orange juice, but that's not a mimosa. Um, for those who are watching, if you have a question for Lexi, go ahead and put it into the comments. Did you get questions during this? Yeah, Q&A. We have one from Coco Locks. What are you drinking? I want to see what you're drinking. Oh, she wants to know what I'm drinking? Or you I want to know what you're drinking. This was brought over by my best friend, Ivan. Oh. Best friends, we both failed biochemistry together and had to retake it. Oh, what's it called? What cowboys? Angels nope. and Cowboys. Oh. Is that a cab? Are you drinking a Cabernet? Yeah, which don't think that this is very common. I am very rosé. Mm. I'm actually not a huge fan. I do not like rosés, but something about it. But well, this is the question we I'm got. Well, Chicago, can I please take you to a brunch date? Can I? Yes. Out? I'm not gonna ever say no to that. I'm not gonna ever say no to it. And also, you have to come over so I can cook for you because you're like family now. So. Oh, okay. Well, I don't turn down free food or free drinks at all. Okay. I like, I throw down, girl. <laughs> You're fine. That's why I got a little bit thicker than a Snickers during this quarantine. Hey, you got the quarantine 15 going on? <laughs> it happens. I was like loaded up on carbs. I had nothing but pizza, like, like at least four days straight, like for like six weeks. It's well, the easiest What happened with make. us was my boyfriend, he's a neuroradiologist, so... They can work from home. So they were like putting all the doctors trying to social distance like 11 on, 11 off. And so he would be like 11 off. <laughs> I cook everything in sight. And then I was trying all these new recipes and like, yeah. trying to, like I'm a bartender. And yeah, that was quarantine. So I literally yeah. 154 now. I guess what I'm going to slim down before surgery so that I could have like flat stomach, big boobs, and just to dow, you know? <laughs> well, since you mentioned that, wait, I do want to mention, so that's what Coco Locks 
said was, what tips would you offer contestants to follow in your footsteps? I think you kind of answered that. That was the question. My biggest tip, and I know it sounds so cliche, is to be yourself. Let me tell you something. There were so many years before, like I did patents for about seven years. And before that, like I was always trying to think like, okay, well, all the girls are working with this coach or all the girls are wearing this designer. They're going to this swimsuit. I need to have that. I need to do this. I need to do my hair that way. I need to walk like her. But let me tell you something, which I love Sarah Summer's swimsuit walk. When she did that hair flip, I was like, okay, I see you. I did not see you, but now I see you. But, <laughs> but like, I that's her walk. But for me, one thing with me was like, I, um, I just always try to be myself. Like I, um, like even right now, like I just, Throughout my ring, like I don't post a lot of pictures. Some girls are in your face and it's so annoyed. I have to physically unfollow them because I'm tired of seeing all your freaking service. Like, because <laughs> I don't feel like service at that point. It just feels like you're just trying to fill up the gram. And it's like yeah. a double edged sword because I would like panic about it because I'd be like, oh, I'm not posting pictures like the other girls. I only post one picture every two weeks. Um, maybe they won't pick me because it looks like I'm not active. But unfortunately, in medicine, a lot of things like because of HIPAA rules, you know, the ones that the USMP should be following where you can't divulge your patient sensitivity. I'm not allowed to do, to like divulge um, information about the people I'm volunteering with. So it would have to be like, I oh. kind of, um, I'm not allowed to show pictures. I'm not allowed to show anything. I'm not allowed to talk about it. So oftentimes I could not get, um, I couldn't post pictures of what I was doing, but it was a routine. I went to the clinics like two, three times a week. Um, and also, and anybody in medicine can tell you that's a fact. And there are like so many hoops you have to jump through. For instance, since I did with a lot of underserved youth who are homeless, you have to get their parents. Oftentimes, if they're homeless, they don't have parents in their life. So right, right. A, just right. a lot of hoops. And then a social worker to sign, and then the facilities to sign, to sign in order to. Yeah. So sometimes I would just post a picture in front of a sign and just look cute. Um, but just be yourself. Stay true to you. Um, They'll either love you or hate you, but at least at the end of the day, you're happy. Take a drink. <laughs> and I will drink to that. The orange juice in my mimosa is kind of gone, so I've been adding more champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the first, like, interview you drink this much? Girl, I'm almost done, too. And one of these cans, I, I think, <laughs> one can is half a bottle. <laughs> We're going to really have fun in Chicago together. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But we got to wait till um it gets warmer out because I left the midwest this winter for a reason you go girl you go okay <laughs> i did enough chicago winters i'm not doing another one you know I'm, i i refuse i refuse <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm out here it's 84 degrees every single day i don't have to question it it literally is 84. if you look at the uh, the weather map weather map mm -hmm. it's 84 84 84 84 84 84. no product no warmer i'll take it yeah. um so i do want to ask with the way that the system okay so going into your surgery um are you going to be at nationals on october 11th through the 15th to I give not get nationals. um you know a part of my please say it again i missed it i will not be at nationals okay um it's changed so much and you know i just i'm grateful for my reign I'm grateful for everyone that I met. I'm grateful for all the opportunities. So don't get me wrong. It's not like a, like a, oh, she just doesn't care about us. I'm grateful to the next girl that wins. And I hope you have 
my biggest thing with the organization is I hope that the next girl has a better year than I had. I hope that she gets more opportunities, more resources. I hope they really took this year as a learning experience to grow yeah. and to develop. I hope that all this time during quarantine, because I was working during quarantine, I was <laughs> growing my business. I hope that they use that to grow their business too. And that it can get invested back into the contestants. Um, so that's what I hope for. And I wish you good luck. Um, <laughs> I, I hope you have everything that you wanted throughout this year and your year is what you make it. Um, you know, you can, um, like for me, I just, I put a lot of work into it. I know the people before me put a lot of work into it. And if ever you need advice, if you need resources, I would love to give those to you. All you have to do is reach out to whoever you are. Um, I'm always willing to help. I'm always willing to share because it's a struggle. And really, at the end of the day, regardless of directors, sponsors, anybody, at the end of the day, you have sisterhood. And the only person to know what you're going through is someone who has walked a mile in your shoes. So sure. it's a lot It's a lot you take on. Um, did you have sister title holders? I know Lindsay used to mention Lindsay, but did you have anyone else that was kind of in your corner, title holder? The mom of the little miss reached out to me um, a lot. Um, so her, but I was really close to my state directors. Brittany Carrier and Donna Hogler. It was um, it was really sad when they didn't renew, but I know all the other states except a couple didn't renew either. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, but I just... Oh, go ahead. But so those were my people. Those are my people. Gotcha. So you're not going to national pageant because are you doing I something? I also have else? a surgery scheduled, so. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I do want to talk about it. And That's kind really of where I was going with. I paid a lot of money for it. So I am getting my breast done. Um, at getting state, you tachas. I know. I'm like, I'm already blessed, but actually this is really a bombshell bra. I highly recommend girls. Day. Okay, so I do want to have this conversation because this is a good conversation. Um, a lot of people are like either afraid or I'm scared. No, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> I have to do a follow-up interview on how I'm feeling. Just so that I can are you afraid of getting of like going on it like the actual procedure? Is that what the fear <laughs> is? Is it is it the fear of going through the actual procedure? I guess like I dated a plastic surgeon once, and he told me like um, getting breast implants is one of the simplest surgeries that you can have. Yeah. Because you like won't, um, because he's like, it's just like an in out inpatient procedure. It's really difficult to mess up a breast augmentation. But I guess it's just me in general scared. There's a lot of restrictions. So for instance, you're probably the last person I'm drinking with. I'm not allowed to drink in the month of October. I can't drink two weeks before the surgery or two weeks after. Not and, worth it. And it's like this thing with vitamins and everything else. So it's like a really strict regime. And then like, you know, immediately after the surgery, like I like have to sleep sitting up a week and I'm so used to sleep sitting on my face. And then it's like, then I'm allowed to sleep on my back like three weeks later. So it's just a lot. But just in general, I think any surgery um, is scary, but yeah. um, I'm grateful for Dr. Levi Young. I know I'm in good hands. He did a lot of our Team Lucci sisters mm -hmm. and Botox and everything else. But I am 100% for plastic surgery. Um, I don't have any low self-esteem issues or anything as far as like why I want to get them. I just think they look so. so, okay. So where are you at today? You feel comfortable sharing that? Where are you at today? I'm like, I'm decent. This is the bombshell bra. Hold on. I put these in for you. Hi, the cutlets. The cutlets. 
appreciate girl. I haven't worn a bra in a week, so I wish I, I could. Hair for you, boo boo. But let me see if I can show yeah, you. Bro. So this is a bombshell, but so I think you know about four hundred, four fifty cc's. Four fifty cc's. Four hundred, four fifty cc's. I should be like a double D, triple D. And are you where are you? At? What letter are you on right now? Like a B C. Okay. According so, to the doctor, Victoria's Secret lied, and I'm a B and not a C. So. Oh no, Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret told me I was a D child. You're not a D. Two D. So I'm like <laughs> small but big. I'm like, well, thank you. And in their bras, I am a D. So I say, okay, I'll take it. And then you go to Walmart, and they're like, ma'am, <laughs> the B section is over here. I'm like Victoria told me I was a D. <laughs> what? What was your um? What's your motivation behind wanting to get um the breast augmentation surgery? Um, like I said, I think I have a good thing to work with right now, but I just I like big boobs. I like the way they sit. I just like big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so that's where you're going. That's where you're gonna be instead of um, not necessarily instead of national. Instead that's what of, you're doing. But, um, you know, I like. It wasn't something after I was suspended. Um, I was like, you know what? I keep my title. I keep all the history of it. I wasn't stripped of anything. I'm going to move on with my life. Yeah. I can't keep breaking my back for someone who doesn't appreciate me. Yeah. I can't please everybody. I feel like um, maybe part of my suspension was slightly personal because I had been speaking out throughout my reign. And right. so I just, I really moved on. You know, I couldn't, if you really sit there and look at all the negative things people say about you on social media and everything else, like, you're going to have just depression. And I just refuse to go through depression. I yeah. told myself, you know what, I have several students that are relying on me to be mentally fit. I have an amazing business. I have an amazing future. Um, immediately after the situation happened, the first thing I called was my Nashville mom. And I said, look, this happened. This is what I said. This is what I did. She's like, well, I don't think that's that bad. She said in a little Southern voice. Okay, she um, we're not disappointed in you. We love you. We know who you are as a person. You're fine. And then the second phone call I made was to the Foundation for Choice. They are Texas-based, and that is to my platform. Part of my platform was through... I was donating ACT materials and prep and then helping train their students there. And then I was like, look, this is what happened. I'm sorry if I disappoint you. I know I also carry your brand as I do this. And then her response was, we don't care if you're Miss United States or if you're not. We just care if you're helping the students. Will you mm. continue helping the students? Yeah, yeah. Out of crown. I said, yes. And so she was, she was happy about it. So she was like, well, we don't care. Okay, we'll see you at the <laughs> meeting next week. So I was like, yeah. okay. So then after that, yeah. I was good. I was like, you know what? At least I got to say at the end of the day, what matters most to me is, um, you know, I still have my title, which is great. I'm very grateful for it. Um, and I won at the end of the day. I was not your stereotypical pageant girl. I was not someone who did pageants since I was little. I was a late gamer getting in there and I won. And so for me, that tells me, you know, that year after I one, it led to a trajectory of events. I had wanted to, I made a list of my vision board. I'm very into the law of attraction of traveling to 21 different countries. I started crossing countries off my list. The only thing that interfered was COVID. <laughs> um, 
So I started crossing countries off my list, and I was traveling alone to all these countries. I started, I got courage enough to quit my job and to follow a passion. I'm not really that interested in medicine anymore. I'm actually very passionate about my students, and I feel like it brings out my best qualities because it makes me want to help people. It makes me want to just give my all to them, and that's why I prefer teaching. Um, you know, I have an amazing love life. I have an amazing partner that supports me, that makes me laugh and just <laughs> loves me and spoils me. Like he makes me feel like I don't need this, this, or this because I am queen by myself. Yes. <laughs> You'll meet him Love in Chicago. It. You'll be like, oh, <laughs> so great. But I got you. I'm excited to meet him. Huh? Well, I do appreciate um, you joining us and I do want to open up the floor for anyone who's watching. We had a few people come in and out. Um, if you guys have a question for Lexi, go ahead and drop them now. Um, but I don't want to keep you too long. And my glass is empty, so I'm not going to be fun anymore. <laughs> I think that we need to set up a, you know, if we need our, like, real talk segments once a week. Because yes. I'm a journalist. I write a lot. But <laughs> I would love for the next real talk segment to be, I'm sorry I'm imposing on your channel, but life after breast implants. I think that needs to be the next segment. I will totally show you. I'm here for it. Post-surgery, leading up to surgery. Yes. Because yeah, I think because it's something that, like, I see so many girls get them, but they never talk about it. And they want to walk around with balloons like they didn't just have surgery. Yes. <laughs> and I'm curious. I want to know so much. I want to know, like, how I felt. I know there's, like, bleeding involved. I don't, I saw pictures. We shall, we shall see. Well, I don't Like, I'm curious. In a world full of journalists, Paddington's Prosecco is the one to trust. That is the only person I will talk to. You, so, thank I you. The full I'm going to use that clip as an opening clip, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. She is the one you should trust. <laughs> I try to go into everything with integrity. Like, honestly, like, I'm a child of faith. I was a child of Southern Baptist which is a whole different type of religion than Christianity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so I always try to make sure, like, I always feel, like, guilty. I don't know if Southern baptism is the same as Catholic. <laughs> Being well, Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. Catholic. Southern Baptists are just holy, so. Child, but That's how you're able to dress I couldn't wear pants. Like, I'm so, like, but everything I do, I try to make sure I'm the best. Like, I do it with a pure heart. That's what I'm trying to say. Because I know God's watching, <laughs> and I don't want to do anything that's going to mess me up <laughs> to get into the heaven. So I try to always just have integrity and to just, you know, just be genuinely curious. So that's why I try to be like a gossip person, like a your friend. No, you're not you earlier. Just ask facts. You make a very comfortable environment for people to want to go to. Oh well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I shall talk to you later. I will give you the booby lowdown. We will plan later in the week. Yes. But yes. I do have a client that I am 10 minutes late for. He'll be okay. But oh, but thank you so much for joining us. I do appreciate it. Thank you guys all for if tuning in. If anyone has any questions, feel free to DM me. And we shall do a follow-up in a couple weeks. I will text you tomorrow. Okay. For <laughs> okay, sure. Thank bye. you so much. I appreciate it so much. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Like I said, I am on my last little sippages on my wine. But um, while this is going in and out, I think my Wi-Fi is acting funky now.
But thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you know anyone else that I should talk to or interview in the pageant world, an expert, a title holder, contestant, you, if you like to drink some wine and just want to talk and just kick back and just chill and just talk pageantry and talk mess with me, um, message me. I'm on pageants and Prosecco on Instagram. There's a Facebook page, but I haven't really did too much because Facebook is fun with the algorithm. But mainly Instagram, and I'm on Twitter as well, Patents and Wine on Twitter. Me, personally, I'm under Brett Brooks, Brett like the guy, B-R-E-T-T. Um, you can find me on Facebook, The Brett Brooks, okay? And on Instagram and Twitter, The, T-H-E-E, Brett Brooks. And just message me, you guys. I do get DMs on my Patents and Prosecco IG page, so I see them, and I um, just really want to just have more conversations like this. My YouTube channel is somewhat new. And I just, you know, want to see some pretty people and just have some wine and have good times. So if that's you, and if you want to be on here, then let me know and let's talk about it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope your glasses are empty like mine. And just thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. I will catch you guys next broadcast. Peace.